When I asked our next storyteller what he thought might be the key to happiness, he answered that the key to happiness fits a motorcycle. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mark Twitter. It was 2008, December, and I really felt that kind of my American life had started. Like my family's American adventure had really properly started. Not because it was a spectacular day or anything. To be honest, it was, it was that we finally had a routine. In the morning, I got up, I'd taken our eldest son, Fergus, who was six at the time, to school, and I'd come back, and then I'd driven my wife to CBS, where she was working. And then I'd driven our 18-month-old baby, Lachlan, to the park, and we played at the park, and we went to the grocery store, and we had lunch, and then we drove and picked up Fergus from school, and we played some more at the park, and then I fed them, and then we were back in the car and we were driving to CBS to pick up my wife, Lynn. Uh, and we were driving down Fountain. You know, if we were tourists, we'd probably take Hollywood or Sunset or something else. But, <laughs> but, but Fountain's quicker and I was a bit late. And, uh, and, we, and I just, I, it, it just wasn't the way our life had been. Just two months before, we were living in London I was working for the man, or the G-man, I was working for the UK government in defence. And my day would be to get up and I would walk Fergus to school. And then I would get on the underground, the London Tube, and go to Whitehall and, and do my day at work and come back. By that time, Lynn would have picked up the kids and we'd have dinner or whatever. It, it, was, a, it was a London life. And then my wife had come here to LA and she'd been offered a job to to write for CBS and she said no I can't I can't, I can't accept that until I, I call my husband I have to call my husband first so she called me now if you're looking for a rational decision about whether or not you should change your entire family your entire life move continent do not phone up a man who's just turned 40 <laughs> I said yes, and within six weeks we had the visas, we'd packed up the house, and literally for six weeks from job offer to Lynn starting work. That was how fast it happened. Which brings me back to Fountain. <laughs> so I'm going along Fountain, and I get to the, the traffic lights to turn onto Fairfax, I'm, I'm waiting to turn left, and I see a blue flashing light. And I think, oh, that cop car, he's going to go through the red, the red light. But he doesn't, he stays kind of diagonally just behind me. I'm like, oh. And then over the public address system loudspeaker thing, he says, Saturn, pull over to the right and stop. And I'm thinking, whew, that's lucky. I'm in an Acura, <laughs> this fire car. But then he says, again, he goes, silver Saturn, pull over to the right and stop. And I realize he's just mixed up the cars, it is me. And I'm, I'm like devastated. I really am devastated. 
my 18-month-old Lachlan in the back, he's asleep. My six-year-old Fergus is worried. I tell him, it's okay, the policeman just wants to talk to me. I think I was maybe going a little fast as I start to make the maneuver. But I'm, I'm, I'm devastated, just devastated. And, you know, because it feels to me that my whole American, new American life has just been taken away from me. And the reason is I have form for traffic stops. I have experience, too much experience. <laughs> the first time I was, I was riding a motorbike. Well, to be honest, I wasn't actually riding it. I'd run out of fuel, so I was pushing it. <laughs> so that's, and it was in Scotland. It was back road in Scotland. And, and this, this policeman stopped me and he was, he was absolutely, he had me back to rights. I was guilty. Not even in Scotland should a 12 year old be riding a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> But he let me off and it was okay. And then when I turned 17 and could get a driving license, um, my dad, in his infinite wisdom, he did a deal with me. He said, if you pass your car driving test, I will give you my old car. He really didn't want me to get a motorcycle. And he probably saved my life, really, to be honest. But it meant I was 17 and I had a car. I had my own car. And so me and my friends, we would drive around. We'd be out late at night. And you know, if you're a young man with your friends out late at night, you get stopped by the police a lot in Scotland. <laughs> at one point I got stopped four times in two weeks. Uh, and they would always ask the same question. They would ask me what my name was, and then they would ask me what the registration plate, the number of the car would be. And my friends got so used to it, at points they would recite it, and the whole car would go, VHS 833, <laughs> <laughs> Policeman would be a bit kind of taken aback. And, and say, it happens a lot, we understand. And, and, and it was fine, you know, that it was all fine. All the policemen were decent and it, it was good. But then when I was 21, it all changed. I was, uh, it was December 31st. I was driving to pick up a friend so we could go to a party. It was New Year's Eve, Hogmanay as they call it in Scotland. And... I was going a bit fast, as ever, and these two cops, they stopped me, they were really, really angry, they kind of forcibly pulled me out of the car, put me in the back of their car, they were certain I was a drink driver, I hadn't even got to the party, no, I wasn't, I blew in the bag, they got all upset, they, they thought they'd got the drink driver and I wasn't, and so then they said, that I'd accelerated away from them over 100 miles an hour and a 30 mile an hour limit. Now, the top speed of my car was 82. <laughs> they made it up, it was a lie. So I contested that in court. However, that's really not the way it works. And the judge was really angry with me. How dare I lie? These two policemen were telling the truth. And so they the judge threw the, threw the book at me and I was banned for a year and heavily fined, I had to sell my car and it, and it taught me a lesson and that lesson wasn't you shouldn't speak, you know, they, they were lying. My, the lesson was that you can't trust this judicial system that you, if you haven't got the money to defend yourself, you're, you're stuffed. So when I did get a motorcycle, and I decided that I might try and find out how fast it went. <laughs> and the man caught me at 111 miles an hour. I went to court and I said I was guilty. 
and I pled for mercy, and it was a moment of youthful exuberance, I think I used the phrase. And I was banned this time. Instead of banned for a year, I was banned for a month and a smaller fine. And I'd love to say that that was the end of my speeding, but it wasn't. What happened after that was I, I moved to London, and there's an underground system and buses, and I didn't drive much. I still got tickets now and then and some stuff, but that's how I kind of coped with it, was, was being in London. So here I was in America, and I'm waiting for the cop, and I'm thinking, it's just the same. Nothing has changed. My American adventure has died, like we're a month and a half in. And uh, I can't really explain it. It just, it felt like it's nothing, nothing at all has changed. The only thing that's changed is this policeman's got a gun. <laughs> you know, I was very careful about that. And, um, but actually he was kind of reasonable. He, he asked me to get out of the car. He, he said he didn't want to say the things he, was, he really wanted to say to me in front of my children, which was reasonable, decent of him. And, you know, and he also, he decided not to impound the car, something he could have done because... I didn't have a California driving license. I was 12 again. Another <laughs> license. Don't have a license. And Lynn, I mean, Lynn just didn't understand. She, she was like, but everybody gets traffic tickets, you know, speeding tickets, traffic tickets. It's not a big deal. But for me, it was, it was crushing. I just felt that I wanted a new life. I wanted to start afresh. And it was gone. But we knew that, you know, moving continent wasn't going to be easy. And so... We had a problem, I wanted to fix this problem. And so what I did was, like, like I've done so much from that point, is if you need to solve a problem, what do you do? You go to YouTube. So I went to YouTube <laughs> and I found the DMV YouTube channel and I watched all the ways for, you know, the, the reasons why people fail the driving test and I watched all the stuff about the driving test and that was enough. I got myself passed through the driving test first time. So that's first step one. I now have a California driving license. And then the second one I thought, well, I want to relearn this thing about courts and the judicial system. I want it to be different here. I don't know if it is, but I'll contest the ticket and I'll learn. That will be my American experience. And you know, it was different. So I go to the court and it's the Beverly Hills court and it's lovely. <laughs> it is lovely, it's air conditioned, it's clean. And you know, the other thing that's really different is that they have traffic court. So you're in amongst a whole lot of other people that have had traffic tickets. Back in Glasgow, I was in amongst all the people with other convictions. And this was, you know, back in Glasgow, you know, this whole thing, it was so huge to me. You know, we, this, I, I, I guess trying to explain how huge this was, was that that conviction back in Glasgow I had to declare that when I worked for the UK military. I had to declare that when we got our visas to come to this country. And that's, and so I was, I was in, I was going to this court and then to clean it, bright, lovely. And then I realized if the cop doesn't turn up, it gets dismissed. That doesn't happen in the UK, it took four court appearances. My cop, yeah, he turned up. <laughs> And everybody else, you know, if their cop turned up, they went, oh, 
Traffic school, please. Traffic school, and they didn't contest. So I'm the only guy that contested that day because I was going to take it to the full thing. I mean, they'd mixed up the Acura and the Saturn. I mean, come on. He also <laughs> didn't get the car right. So there I am, and the cop's there, and the cop's decent. He doesn't make up any new charges, and the judge listens, and she's reasonable. She doesn't fall for the Saturn Acura subterfuge. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> She decides that I must have, you know, mistaken kilometers an hour for miles an hour or something like that or whatever. She still allows me to do traffic school, something she didn't have to do. And that was, that was kind of fun. And so, yeah, I get a ticket. I get a, whatever many hundred dollars fine. And I, I start to leave the court. And I'd love to say to you, that that's the last time I ended up in court <laughs> for traffic offences. But I had another lesson to learn, and that lesson was about the California rolling stop. <laughs> you have to come to complete stop. But you know, when I left that court, I left that court relieved and happier than any man should ever feel having just been convicted of a driving offence. <laughs>